Sam. It's about that time of year. We got the holidays coming, semester's ending. Stuff is getting stressful and hectic. We've been working. We're so busy. Like, when's the last time you got a good sleep? Frank Ocean saying, Godspeed, glory. And I'm asking, are you free? This is Chelsea. like whatever like I got my license but that doesn't mean I know how to drive so it's like literally having panic attacks every day being like I hope I like make it I just, I just hope I make it to my destination like unscathed so that's like my life for like four months until like I can drive now I love it see that's beautiful though yeah yeah it was it was some growing pains I think but it's even well, as now. much traffic is there yeah. You're not going over 20 miles per hour at any given moment. So, you know, you could take your time. No, people are aggressive Get the scenic here. views. <laughs> no. Even with all the traffic? Have you been to LA? Nope. No. I mean, I'm also freelance, though. So, my schedule is, I'm, this is how I know that I'm like being converted into an LA person now, is because now I know when traffic hits. So, nobody from LA, if they have like any sense, is ever going to go out driving if they know like it's traffic hours. Cause that's you're you're dead ass adding like two hours in the car for no reason to like get somewhere for that would normally take twenty minutes if you like drove outside the traffic time. So yeah, people got like road rage out here. They're just so angry. At least I could drive with the top down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if I got a car like that's that. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. 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 With the windows down. I was like, no. I'm like, son, I'm broke, be broke, broke. I got the windows down <laughs> at the most. <laughs> but it's, it is fun. It's fun to be somewhere different and like just get out of like uh, the nest a little bit. Cause growing up in New York, New York obviously is like mad special of a place. But like you grow, grow up here and you like learn the ways and you like are New York. So I needed like something a little challenging, different. And it's starting to pay off. <laughs> Damn, that's dope. This feels like a, a good time to segue into some introductions. <laughs> so what's up? It's your boy Lucid. We got Eric on the mic as always. And yeah. who do we have joining us? Isa Gay in the house or in the whatever phone house. I'm here. <laughs> Online. <laughs> Online. Chilling. Talking to my homies and my new homie from Los Angeles. That is dope. So you were giving us a little recap just about, I guess, like shifting back and forth between New York and LA, and now it feels like LA is home. That sounds crazy to me as a New Yorker. That's well, like, uh, uh. yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I was talking about how I was transitioning into Los Angeles slowly but surely, but this is like, this is round two. Like, round one, I was not feeling it at all. I was wondering where all the black people were at because it's like, it's a liberal city, as like we know, but it's 
pretty spread out and everyone it's like you really got to find your scene here and you can't just like happen about it like you just gotta like try every single place until you find your people which is like frustrating obviously at first when you move somewhere but like eventually like it's all about patience and that's like what I decided this past year would be for me is like about patience and like working hard and letting like those rewards come to you because I like everything to happen like now, 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 now. So LA was a good lesson. And that's probably why the first year was awful. But now I'm like, oh, like the rewards are slowly coming through. Like I was, I had to be patient and all that stuff. So what prompted the move out there? You said you were out there for work. So, and that you studied film. So what is it that you do? So I studied film at Wesleyan and um, I'm a writer. So I'm like trying to the angle in in career is to like literally write like movies and like a TV show, like Easter egg that shit, which would be hype. Cause I just, I realized a long time ago, I love writing um, and I love film and I think it's really powerful because writers or like writer directors, they get to like create that space for like other artists to be in it too. So like, I want to be able to create stories where like you're going to need not one token black girl, but you're going to need like seven black women in it. You're going to need, eight Mexican men in it. You're going to need nine Indian people. Like, I just want it to be diverse and I want it to reflect the world that I grew up in. And I, like, grew up in New York City, so we know that's, like, literally the, the most diverse part. place. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Yeah. And then I happened to go to international school in New York City, so, like, I literally do not know any spaces that are, like, that aren't diverse. So I just want to represent that on the screen because we're in a generation, too, where everyone's obsessed with the media anyways. So, like, that's the outlet. That's a fact. So I'm out here in LA, yeah, trying to do that. And I think right now the way to do it is to assist current writers and kind of get those mentorships. And there's just more of them in LA than in other parts of the world. So I'm out here. What exactly are you working on right now? Or like, what are you writing? Currently, I actually also last year while I was in New York in between, I needed like a breather. I decided I wanted to apply to grad school. So I um, ended up applying and getting into the NYU fiction program. Hey, hey congratulations. Snaps. I'm dope. snapping right now. Uh, I can't thank hear you. It. Yeah, I can't hear it in the background. I'm snapping. That's okay. tough. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so that starts in January. So I'm just like prepping for that. And the program's really weird. It's like a remote program. So I don't have to live in New York, which is, I think, confusing everybody in my life because they're like, you got into grad school at NYU, so why are you in L.A.? <laughs> but it's not. It's like literally remote. And it's you go to Paris twice a year for two weeks each and you have like these workshops and then you get one professor who's your mentor per semester and you can be anywhere. And you guys just kind of do your back and forth. So that starts in January for me. And I'm hype. I was supposed to start this past summer, but I had some visa issues but now I got my visa approved, so I'm going to go. And then once that starts and I kind of know what the schedule is, I'm going to look for work here, hopefully. Well, if you need a guest to travel with in France, um, I've, been trying yeah. to, <laughs> I've been trying to polish my French up, so, you know, we out there. Dude, that would be so fun. I was about that to ask, have, have, you, have you been to Paris before? I was actually born there, but, oh, like, I'm I was sure. literally, like, born there and then, like, brought back. So I'm Senegalese. And which is a French-speaking country. So I'm hyped to go there because, like, one, I want to be in a French-speaking country. It used to be, I used to be fluent. And, like, I never speak it anymore. So, like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I could, like, speak. But, like, you know, it's just, like, I get, like, real insecure about pronunciations and right, stuff. Right, fair enough. So I just want to go. Especially with French, Yeah, too. like, I want to go there. 
Yeah. You know, pe- like, also, I'm going to say, like, the French or, like, also, like, my African family members, like, you say something, they're, like, ready for you to, like, fuck it up <laughs> and, like, make fun of you. So I'm, like, I'm not saying nothing. That's facts. <laughs> I was, like, I'm going to keep real quiet. So I'm hyped, yeah, to go do that. And then from there on, I guess, figuring it out. That's what's up. I feel like a lot of people we've been um, speaking to in the community, everyone's just been traveling or have traveled, which is a nice thing. Yeah. Gives you a different perspective on life in the world. Yeah. Like, if you can do it, obviously, like, yeah, you, we need more. We need to, like, we need to also get out of the U.S. sometimes and, like, learn how other people are living. Also, like, as we know, the political climate today, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> literally have, like, it's, if you can do it, like, go somewhere else. Um, also even just to like understand how other governments work and like the way people live and stuff, like being in a country like the United States, which is like obviously a very powerful country. Sometimes people like forget, like it's not the only way to live. Like there's, there's other places doing it right. You know, I actually think right now some places might be doing it better than we're doing it. Oh yeah. Even that work life balance or just that appreciation of life on a daily basis. Yeah, exactly. Nazim, you're about to travel soon too. Yeah, I am. I mean, yeah. I'm in, where are you going? I, I'm heading out to Pakistan actually. Um, through the end of the year, I get back on New Year's Eve, so it's gonna be, it's gonna be dope. It's definitely leaving the country in general is always fun, but then like having some sort of like a return to home is uh, associated with it is really powerful. So I'm excited for it. For sure, that's real fun. Uh, but you're coming back to New York in time for you to ball out for New Year's Eve. I feel like I'm gonna be asleep. I'm not even gonna lie. I feel like I'm just gonna come home and crash. <laughs> you think that jet lag is gonna be wild? That's real. I'm trying to get myself to like. I do every single year. I'm like, yo, this New Year's, you're just gonna like stay in, like reflect, like do something like cute, and then I find myself like literally out in the middle of New York. It's like two degrees, <laughs> like going just in. Yo. The next day, I'm like hungover, and I'm like, come on. <laughs> Just start off the new year just like so tired. I'm just trying to do it right. But that is fun to like return to home. Like it's interesting because a lot of the stuff I've been writing about or like the themes I'm into particularly have sort of been like immigration and like what the idea of home means, especially if you're like whether you're an immigrant or your parents are an immigrant. So like my parents are my parents are immigrants and I technically I I am because I have Senegalese citizenship, but I grew up, I've been in America since I was three. So I'm like, I had the experience of a first generation American kid, but it's just interesting to have like all these spaces. Like basically if you look at me on paper, you wouldn't be, you'd say that my home is Senegal, but I've like, I've barely been to Senegal aside from like every summer when I was like a child and then less and less as we got older And, like, parents stop paying for stuff and you have to pay for stuff. So I'm like, I don't have money to go to Senegal casually. Right. (laughs) Um, I also didn't, like, grow up there where I have, like, friends. Yeah, it will definitely be wild. And, like, all the people I know my age, too, are, like, from the U.S. But then, technically, I was born in France, but I didn't get, like, French citizenship. So, like, all these ideas of, like, home and identity and, like, what papers decide, like, where you're from has started to sort of, like, creep up in my life. And it's been, like, very interesting to think about. Like, even me wanting to go to school in France. Like, if you're an American or if you're French, you could just go to France without, like, a visa. Like, if you're going under 30 days, you can just go as long as you have your passport. But me being Senegalese, which is, like, a country that was colonized by the French, 
I have to go through this whole process that literally took me like five months for me to get like approved to go to France. And this is like a country where I was supposed to be like where I was born in. And then I'm also like denied from that way. And then like other people like Americans where I like culturally identify as America is still not enough to make me American enough to go to France. So it's just like all these loopholes and makes you think about like, you know, Trump and stuff and like what he's doing to people that he decides are like, aren't American enough, like wanting to revoke green cards. Like if you're from a Muslim country, you're not enough. It's all, it's all kind of bullshit, right? Oh, entirely. <laughs> like a paper declares something. Yeah, it's like, it's such a like man-made thing that they try, that people try to pass off as just like natural law. And it's like, this, there's no reason that any of this should like make sense. Like you were born there and you, and you yeah. can't go back there. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. I remember one of my homegirls from Denmark, she's Iranian, but she says she has an Iranian passport. When Obama was in office, she came to the States, came to New York, so on and so forth, and left. And then now that Trump's in the office or whatever, or for some time, she was just like, yeah, I just can't go back. It makes no sense why I can't. Yeah. This is just the reality of the fact. And on the other hand, too, you have situations where people, they can't leave the States or they have to stay in the States for a year or something because of the way that their visas are working, whether it's like a working, I, I really don't know the way it works, but it's either you can yeah. see it as a place where you can't get permission to, or a place where it's like, okay, now I'm mm-hmm. technically like a prisoner staying within these confines because I can't leave or else I'll just fuck up my situations down the line. Right. It's like house arrest. Yeah, exactly. That's a good it's, way to think yeah, about it's, it. Yeah, it's just, it, it's a, I, I actually am like thinking, I was like, that's a good term. <laughs> you should coin that. That's yours. <laughs> that's really good. The, the idea of home is like, it's a very like interesting topic right now. And like, yeah, I, I think it fits everywhere, especially like my work focuses on race a lot too. And like, if you know, like just even the example of like being black in America, like what that means always sort of having to negotiate like where you belong and where you don't or like you know do you guys know like Du Bois's double consciousness I was just thinking about that as you were as you were talking <laughs> yeah I'm not yeah. too familiar so can Literally. you guys um explain yeah it's, it's really simple it's basically just like what it means to like be black in America is like these sort sort of like these two understandings of yourself there's like you being viewed through the white gaze, like the white mainstream American gaze, and that's how you'll be perceived. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the you outside of that gaze, like who you actually are. But you have to like keep, you have to continue to negotiate that. So like an example could be like a black kid going to the candy store, right? You enter a store and all of a sudden, like somebody might push like black respectability politics and be like, don't wear a hoodie, don't wear your pants down low, whatever, because the people white mainstream America who's consuming you is going to see quote unquote a thug. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're so preoccupied with thinking about how you'll be perceived literally for your safety that it clouds the way you get to see like yourself or like you have to constantly battle like who you actually are and like also how others will perceive you just because of your blackness. Does that make sense? I don't know if I can. That was that. a better yeah. explanation than I would have been able to give. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but what, but what I found really what I found really interesting about that concept is that now, kind of post Trump, there's a big section of like white liberals who, for the first time, are like aware of certain things or like see things differently. And as a result, like people of mm-hmm. color who have kind of grown up and have this double consciousness have a lot more mm-hmm. power in today's world. 
because like they can literally see things that other people are just now starting to be able to see. But they also have a, a reminder every day when they're like, wait, Trump is president and is saying all these wild, like wild things. Like clearly there, there's something here. So I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I find it interesting that like the same thing that for so long has been such a negative is also not, it also becomes like a source of power where like you can think ahead of other people or like see situations for what they really are. Oh yeah. Other people. Well, it's survival, right? It is strictly, yeah, yeah. strictly it's definitely a means of survival. You have to be able to walk into a room, engage the energy in there, engage the vibes. And I know that it's bad to have preconceived notions about people, but Go match what you're saying. I said yeah. a lot of that really is survival, just so you know, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, if anything pops off, you know, I already know, like, we're all the exits. But you have already, to, yeah. yeah that's entirely. You, you have to. You have to, though. You you don't, it's like, we almost don't have the privilege to just walk into a space and, like, fully, like, be you. Like, it's, we see it every day. We see, like, you know, police brutality and whatnot. And, like, this is also what's always sort of been the debate within, like, communities of color too of like the way you dress like some some like black radicals will be like you gotta dress like clean all the time like there was that point where everyone was i forget what maybe the 60s or whatever where they would Mm -hmm. do the sit-ins and like people would dress up like they're in their nicest like their sunday church attire and be like if we dress nice they'll respect us more yes sunday best we dress we dress like this then they'll have no reason to come up to us like they won't cause thugs right Mm-hmm. Does that does that change anything? No. And then there's other people being like, "Fuck that! Like, why are we changing? Like, why do we have to dress for us to like be respected? Right? Like, I want to be able to dress however the fuck I want. But then, particularly in our time today with like police brutality, a major symbol now is the hoodie. Right? Like, people are scared of seeing like their black men in a hoodie because they just like you don't want we don't want you to be shot. And people associate with like the hoodie, like you look like a thug. So it's just. It's interesting the debate that constantly goes back and forth because there's there's no real solution, you know, in that sense of being like how you have to dress yourself at the end of the day. It shows you like racism and prejudice is it's not a logical thing. <laughs> oh, and I mean, I've, I've heard an elder call a hoodie um, or when you have it on a bullet magnet. And I'm like, damn, that's an interesting way damn, to look at it. Damn. Right? Yeah. Damn. That shit had me a little yeah. fucked up when I heard that. <laughs> We're all like, fuck. <laughs> it does. That yeah. is. It's heavy. It's heavy. I'm happy now. I, even like walking down the street or just like in New York in general, um, a lot more people are embracing being a little bit more natural and realizing like, okay, my appearance really shouldn't yeah. be, um, shouldn't deter you from hiring me at any given workplace, you know? I think we're realizing like, okay, yeah. if I do X, Y, Z or play the part up until you get the job, then start growing out the hair or just then start revealing more in yourself. It's like, yeah. okay, this is now feels a little bit more comfortable. There's chances and times yeah. in which you're blessed with opportunity to, I guess, get paired with an employer or with an organization that understands those aspects of life. But until shit continues to move, um, we got to just start playing that game. I think it's also a little bit about picking your battles and like knowing like, like how you how you wear and like or what you wear and how you like your appearance is it's a very important thing so it's understandable in a lot of those situations but then it's also like if there's other circumstances and it's like you need to get this job and you have to wear these to like get that job then like you just also have to be Mm -hmm. able to pick your battles and i think what's dope now is that like there comes like all the people in new york who i see walking around like that like there's a sense of luxury for Mm -hmm. them to even be able to get to that point and there's also a sense of independence where a lot of people at least in new york a lot of people who 
are able to do that because they are working for themselves or at least like pursuing careers where they aren't yeah fully you know, like held to someone else's I was else's just gonna say vision. like yes yeah as you're gonna say that I I am like lucky enough to in the industry that I am I don't wear my hair relaxed anyway oh I haven't had my hair relaxed in like six years or whatever but like I I don't really think a lot about like me having like my hair out in like a natural texture and afro particularly because also like with media and film and tv right now like i mean black has always been cool but you know like nah, there's, a, really there's obsession with, yeah they have to there's an obsession with yeah. like black and like brown bodies in the media today like now they want everybody to like especially in new york because i was doing a few like acting things there and like modeling and stuff they're like it's like they're obsessed with like kids with dreads now like you got cornrows on they love it like your hair is all big and like kinky and shit they love it like when we were in high school that shit was not happening like if i had dreads in high school i think i would have never been able to live it down and i went to like an international school like it was you you had to be like more brave back in the day to like be rocking like your shit Mm-hmm. and like it's only been like less than a decade and it's like changed so much already like so much but i will say though it, with la and new york la is a little bit behind the times in comparison to new york in when it comes to like its liberalism even it's with kind all the of, film yeah oh god that's the you know that's i i had a big problem the first year coming here because i was a little bit in shock because I also worked at an agent talent agency for like I only lasted two months because that was literally it was it literally felt like I was in a frat house but like Ooh. Hollywood is kind of like in a post-racial time like it's kind of like in the Obama era where they're like look we got a black president so like you know racism is over like that's where Hollywood's at right now and it that's, seems very like self-congratulatory yeah <laughs> Fully, fully. And it makes sense, though, because you'll still be watching movies and shit where you're like, are you joking? Like, are you part of the conversation? And it's literally like they're not. Or like the people that are running Hollywood aren't the same. They're not They're not the people that are like in the films. Like the people running Hollywood are literally these like six-year-old ex-frat boys that like never gave a fuck about anything, like representation except for like money. So it's a little behind the times. As someone who like works in the film industry, is the Oscars something that you would still aspire towards? Like, would you want to win an Oscar, or are you like, nah, that shit's outdated? Because I feel like that's an interesting conversation that tends to come up around mm. both music and movies, where like people yeah. get really mad when their movies that they want to win or albums that they want to win don't or don't even get nominated. But then at the same time, they're like, yeah. oh, well, this doesn't mean anything anyway. So I'm, I'd be curious if like where you rest on that. That's interesting because it's funny because when I think of like my goals and like where I want to end up going like for example if I like ended up making like my television show whatever I've never ever thought about the awards that could come with it I'm more excited about like who I could potentially work with like people that I look up to and being able to be in the same like space as them to me that's like tells me like I'm I'm like at the place I want to be or like you know it's like a symbol of like you worked hard and you got somewhere with the Oscars and stuff, I like I follow up on like film and shit so much. I don't even watch the Oscars because that shit's so boring. I don't. I don't think I care to like. I'm not gonna be like, oh, if I got an Oscar, like I'm not hype. Like, yeah, I guess I'd be hype, but it's it does feel a little like outdated. Yeah. Or like doesn't even almost like not even that relevant. 
but like I get hype if I see like you know people that like underrepresented like people and like genders and whatnot like winning I'm like hype for them because it's like they'll get like a larger voice but yeah it feels a little outdated I feel like a lot of these award shows at this point are just outdated because even when they're created yeah this is all stuff pre-internet you know and I feel like a lot of the times uh, the culture or even the internet already determines who the winner is It's enjoyable to know you in the concubines Niggas, take off your coats Ladies, act like gems Sit down, Indian styles You recite these hymns See, lyrically, I'm Mario Andretti on the Momo Ludicrously speedy or infectious with the slow-mo Heard me in the 80s, JV's on the promo And I never end the quest to get the paper on the caper But now, let me take it to the queen side I'm taking it to Brooklyn side All the residential questions to invade the air Hold up a second, son, cause we almost there You could be a black man and lose all your soul You could be white and blue, but don't prep the road See, my shit is universal if you got knowledge of polo or Delph or Self See, there's no one else who could drop it on the angle Acute at that, so who that, do that, do that, that, that Come on, who that, do that, do that, that, that I'm bugging out, but let me get back because I'm wet and niggas. So run and tell the others because we are the brothers. I learned how to build mics in my workshop class. So give me the sword and let's not make it the last.